Welcome back to the Flex Podcast, Episode 7. Got a good one for you. Got Keith back on here. And uh, yeah, Episode 7, let's get right into it. Always a pleasure to be here, and let's get it going. So it's been, I think, a week since you've been back, and uh, a lot of stuff has happened, and especially in sports. And LeBron James with another ring. He's got four now, I think. So I, I believe you're right. I believe you're correct. I think I think it was it was a it was a good series. Obviously, my team was the Heat, so I didn't want to see him lose, but it was still very close the whole the whole way. I mean, Le- LeBron James is the player of his generation. It's hard to even imagine that in the next 15 or 20 years, anybody's going to equal what he's been able to accomplish in his last 15 or 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you just can't take it away from him. Does the, the, does the matchup between Michael Jordan and LeBron James change now, or is it still the same as it was before? I think like last time we were talking, the matchup to me isn't one-on-one. Um, if you took Michael Jordan in his prime, and LeBron in his prime, although LeBron seems to be in his prime all the time, uh, I don't know physically if it would be a matchup that, that you could realistically look at historically. Because LeBron James is a far bigger person. He's a different athlete than Jordan was. But if you take what they did in their time, and you put that in context, Michael Jordan was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And he was as good, if not greater, than LeBron James for half of his career. So you could make the argument either way. One-on-one, I don't think few players in NBA history could ever match up if you were just playing on the playground with LeBron James. He is a freak of nature. Michael Jordan was a great athlete, but he was a relentless worker. And he had to really work at becoming a better shooter coming out of North Carolina. But he became so smart and he was so talented that he became the greatest player of his generation, and you could argue ever. There's no question. Free agency comes out big. LeBron could possibly be leaving the Lakers, and then so is Anthony Davis. In your mind, who would be the best duo in the NBA? Right, it, it, when free agency hits this year, if you were to pick two players to be on the same team, like Anthony Davis, LeBron, or um, who is it, Kawhi and Paul, who would you put together to be the best duo? Are we talking uh, uh, free agents that that are going to be available, or just hypothetically? Just hypothetically, like like if you could just pick two people. Yeah. How about this? Now I I can't really see this working. How about how about LeBron and Stephon Curry for once? Stephen Curry and LeBron. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Steph. They're, they're both getting nearing. You know, LeBron's near the end. Curry's kind of middle to end. Yeah. And, you know, I, what would you do? You're gonna you double trick team, and sometimes have to triple team LeBron. You would leave Curry open. He might hit eighty percent of his shots. He he might have the greatest scoring season in history. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine think, that scenario yeah. where kicking it out to Curry every time? It would be like watching a mass suicide. Yeah. I think, well, obviously Curry's been dealing with injuries this right. season and a little bit of last season, but I think if you put him and LeBron on the same team, LeBron's assist will go way up. They're already up, but they will go way up. And I think if they get like a big center, like not even the greatest, if you just get like Joel Embiid, or not Joel Embiid, um, JaVale McGee or any big center, I think that team would be great. I, I'd like to see... LeBron with, um, I could see LeBron with Joel Embiid though. Yeah, that I think that would be a good like it's another center and um, 
you know, another big player, but I think I think LeBron by himself would just be a good team. Do you think so? I think that LeBron James is so physical and so athletic, and he basically is a center when he wants to be. The one thing he's missing is just a pure shooter from the outside. Yeah. I think that dynamic would be probably one of the greatest professional basketball dynamics we have ever seen because I think either one on any night could score 40, could score 50. Do you want it tonight, Stefan? No, you go ahead, LeBron. Yeah. You know, it would just be back and forth. I mean, I could see that. I, I, it would be unstoppable. That yeah. I do know. Does an NBA franchise have that kind of money? Because you're going to have to pay him a, it's it, a lot. It, hypothetically, if they were both free agents, you'd have to mortgage everything. I think Stefan is a, a free agent this year. Well, hey, so stranger things have happened. And you know, when, when players get to the end of their career, they start talking about wanting to play with people they've always wanted to play with. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, LeBron James is the NBA. He basically runs that league. Yeah. He can make anything happen. Yeah. He's the godfather. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big hypothetical. Yeah. But that's just me. Just from a fan's point of view, that's what I would want to see. I think the one I would want to see, like LeBron or Curry, just get rid of them, is, well, the big talk is Giannis may be coming to the Heat. It would be Giannis, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler all on the same team. That would be a great team. But I, the duo that I would love to see is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you might laugh at this one, and John Wall. John, John Wall, Wall, and his if he can get better and get healthier, John Wall is... And Giannis, that would be the, the greatest duo, I'm telling you. I've always been a John Wall fan. I, th- I think he's gotten a raw deal, especially with the Wizards. Yeah. You know, um, His skill set's phenomenal. He'll never be a great shooter, but he's so good at everything else that if you surround him with players like you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be incredible. I, th- I think Bradley... People forget about John Wall, and that's a shame because yeah. he deserves it. But oh, he yeah. came in so young, and he was so hyped up, and he's on a franchise that's pathetic when he first came into the league, yeah, that all the pressure was on him, and he was never going to be that guy because he's not a great shooter. He He's the type – he's he's your, your perfect power forward or point guard, power point guard, I call him nowadays, Yeah, that can distribute the ball. He's such a great ball handler. He makes players better around him if you have them, if you have people that can score. And when he's on, John Wall can just be phenomenal. Yeah. I think – the thing is now, Washington, is Bradley Beal has taken that team over. Last season, probably the best season he's ever played. Um, I think I think really John should just leave Washington. Like, I think he's done his, his time, move on, and you just got to go to a different team because at the end of the day... It's run its course. Yeah. Um, they've been a duo, but they've never lived up to the hype of what they could have been. Right. You know, like you said, Bradley Beal is always solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a solid professional player. But that combination has never gone where the franchise hoped it would. So yeah. I would think John Wall would be looking for a bigger stage anyway, like L.A. or like Miami. Yeah. I could I could see him at uh... – see, he's not he's not the type that – I feel like he needs the people around him to be good too. I, I don't think he's like a uh, – who am I looking for? Like a – I guess you could say LeBron that – just carries the whole team. Not really this year, but like over the past like couple years. Um, but yeah, I think John. I think he'd be good at uh, Sacramento with the Kings and De'Aaron Fox. That'd be a good duo right there. I mean, two point guards, obviously, but still, you'd have so much speed on that team. It'd be 
pretty good. It would be a different style of offense that the yeah. teams would have to contend with. But I agree. John Wall's been in the league long enough to know he's never going to be that guy, but he's still pretty darn good. And with the right team, he can make them a lot better. Yeah. To the NFL, we got a lot of COVID people are catching – or, sorry, a lot of people are catching COVID. I had a lot of debate about this. So Cam Newton caught COVID, right? But he was the only person to catch it. They delayed the game. They still played it, but they delayed the game, but he didn't get to play. I don't think he – don't quote me. I don't think he had symptoms. Do you believe with that? I think, you know, COVID, and it's not just sports. It's it's so different than it was even four months ago. Uh, as many people have it or are contracting it, but less and less are getting sick yeah. and dying. And many of them aren't even showing symptoms. I mean, look at all the people around Trump. I think P- Trump had mild symptoms, but there's at least six or seven other people that didn't even know, yeah. including his press secretary. I think, uh, I'm no, believe me, trust me when I tell you, I don't want to be the expert on science and, and certainly disease, but what happens is diseases do weaken over time. They're still prevalent, but they're, they're not as strong. And I think that's what we're seeing, and I have a feeling that's what's going on with with the NFL and sports and yeah. just about all of society that's catching this stuff now. The virus is starting to weaken. Uh, it doesn't mean it's still not a big problem, um, but that that's usually what happens, even with pandemics. This is not the type of disease that's going to ravage the whole world completely. Right. It's a really, really bad kind of flu strain, and the flu does weaken over time. Uh, unfortunately, the more people that get it, the less powerful it is. So we're living in a society now where people are asymptomatic all over the place. The problem is when they run into people with a compromised immune system, those people with that compromised immune system are in big trouble. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what we do next season in sports. Fans, players, and coaches that come down with it, if they're not sick, no one else is getting sick, are we going to, are we going to have the same protocol? Right. I think, I think next season if this – virus is still here, the, the National Football League may do what NBA did and just do a big bubble. Like, I know baseball, I think right now, they, they do, they're do they doing a uh, bubble for the playoffs. I'm, I think, I don't, not sure 100%, but I think, I could see the NFL doing that, but again, that just sucks because you're away from your family, you're not getting the interaction with the fans, which most of all the teams are doing fans except for the Ravens, the Saints, the Redskins and the Raiders and the Rams. But other than that, everybody else is doing it. But I think I think next season they'll probably have a bubble or something if it's still here. But I would say that it's like a week-to-week league. I think there are more teams with fans now than there were the first few weeks of the season. I'm talking about the NFL. Yeah. As, as we start to deal with this virus and we start to become either more comfortable or uncomfortable, franchises are making decisions. Some of the stadiums that had not one person opening week now have 2,000. You know, it's a, and it also goes by geography. Certain places are more are more like the north and northeast. You're not going to see fans in New York. Yeah, you're not going to see fans in, in, in probably New England or anywhere else. So the areas that have been hit the hardest are much more reluctant to have people in the stands. That's for sure. On Sunday, did you watch the uh, Cowboys game? I did. Did you see the injury of Dak? I wasn't paying attention right at that moment until somebody I was watching the game with goes, oh, my God, look at that. And I looked up, and this is the honest of God's truth. 
I thought he was pulling his socks up. I just thought he was on the ground pulling his socks up. Yeah. And after I looked at it one more time and I saw his kneecap going one way and his ankle going the other, I realized this is catastrophic. Yeah. And it was gruesome. And believe me, as a fan of the Redskins in the 80s, I remember Joe Theismann. And he showed it over and over and over and over. You know, it was gruesome. And I was at the game when Alex Smith got hurt. Mm-hmm. I was literally had, had was right behind it, and I could see it. And I, and I knew it was going to be bad. This one was rough, too. I mean, his leg looked like a noodle. Yeah. It was a terrible situation. As a hater of the Dallas Cowboys, you never want to see that. Yeah. I, I was watching it, and I watched it live. I was like, he when he got tackled, it looked, his back leg had got caught. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I... Like, you know how some of those people, they wear those um, them braces around their feet or whatever? Joe Flacco wore one around his uh, kneecap and, like, almost up to his thigh. And when he slid one time, it was, like, crooked. And I was like, oh, did he really just break his, his you know, upper thigh? And then he just, you know, adjusted it and it was just a brace. And that's what I thought Dak was. And I looked and I was like, nope, that is not, that's not, that's not a brace. That's his whole... See, we had a similar reaction. I just I thought it was something like that or just a long sock. Yeah. You know, but he was also the expression on his face. And then a couple seconds later they reshowed it and I was like, Oh no. Yeah. You know, it's one of the worst I've seen. Right when it hit him, he, he was like waving yeah, over like yeah. I like come on 'cause um And to all those people on social media, oh he was crying. We can't even imagine the pain he was going through. He was biting right. a towel. This guy to play in the National Football League, you have to be extremely tough. Mm-hmm. To be a starting quarterback, you have to be even more tough. Yeah. So if this man is in tears over an injury like that, it's pain we probably can't even imagine. And I'm sure there was a lot of things going through his head. Is my career over? What does this mean? You know, right. it, when, when your leg is literally going in the opposite direction of where it's meant to be, I can't, I, you know, it's, it's hard to even fathom what you're thinking at that moment. And he's on a one-year contract, isn't he? He's... He like, was, technically, this would be his last year if they don't sign him again. This, you know, here it is. The franchise tag comes into play. He had, an, no, he was offered $119 million, okay? Yeah. Give or take. And his agent said, no, nah, you know what? We're going to play hardball. You can get more. You can get 125 130 if we play this right. And he probably would have. But what's the risk? The Injury. risk is you play on that franchise tag. Now, the franchise tag, the Cowboys... Put him on. You know, he could have, he could have. Yeah. So you play through a whole season and the risk is you get injured and you're never going to see that money again. Even though Jerry Jones says, no, he's still our quarterback and we'll pay him. We'll, we'll get it done. I don't know. Yeah. You may never see that 119 million. Turn down 119 million. I wouldn't do that. I don't care. Yeah. And now the fact that we have COVID in empty stadiums, the revenue is not going to be there in the next three to five years. Right. If we have another season with no fans or half fans. So the dynamics of sports could change because of this virus. How long can you afford to not have fans right. and not have that revenue you, you're used to having? Right. You know. I was I was telling my mom. I said when he got hurt, and it was like after that game and right right before the Heat game turned on, and I saw he was he was going into surgery that night. Right. He got out, and I said he's going to be released. No doubt about it. By the end of the season, they're not going to keep him. And I said the two teams will go to. He will go to either the Jets, because Sam Darnold's not doing too good, and Joe Flacco's are back up. Let's be real. Joe is he's, he's losing it. 
And second, I said he'll go to y'all. He will go to the Redskins. I can <laughs> see it now. Alex Smith came out during y'all's game, looked pretty good. Three little, or not three, it was a couple little passes to the running back. But, you know, you're going to get rid of, uh, what, your quarterback? Haskins. Dwight, Haskins. Uh, That's going to be harder than, than I would like because somebody's going to have to pick up that salary. Yeah. And the trade deadline's coming up, and so far, not one team has called interested. Yeah. It's not that, like we can't find a way to, to trade them at some point, but if we release them, we take a huge cap hit. Yeah. And nobody wants to, number one, take on his salary, and number two, they certainly don't want to give up draft picks for him. Right. Uh, you know, at least a top within the top four. Yeah. So his value is very low. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to get rid of him, but... You know, when it comes to Dwayne Haskins and, and, and the Washington football team, you had Allen go down in the first quarter. We still don't even know what we're getting with him. He looked okay. Alex Smith physically does not look ready. And you have probably the worst pass-blocking offensive line in football. And you have two hurt quarterbacks and one that's calling in sick and doesn't want to play. But you're going to might need Haskins because if Allen gets hurt again and Alex Smith is play-by-play, yeah, he could, he could be done at any time. You're going to need that third quarterback. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to get rid of him this season. You know, it would be amazing if he came back somehow and was a starter. I don't want to see it because I don't think he'll ever be a legitimate franchise quarterback. But the the Washington football team's in a position where they have to be real careful about releasing guys because they don't have anything. Yeah. Y'all got your, your lineman, Terrence Williams, is gone, right? Trent Williams, yeah. Or Trent Williams, my no, bad. That's all right. And our, and our Pro Bowl guard... Hopefully he'll be back, Brandon Sheriff. Yeah. But he's been out since the start of the season, so you take those yeah. two away. I mean, our line was average anyway. Yeah. Now you're taking away a possible Hall of Famer in Williams and our all-pro guard, and you don't have a lot there. Yeah. It. I mean, that's part of the problem. It starts with the line first, no matter Absolutely. what game. And, you know, that's like with – I looked at the Dolphins. Their line is – Amazing. I don't know how it's not number one, except for they probably don't rank it because it's a there's like I think one or two rookies on there, but they got the height. All the line has the speed, and they know how to block, and that's why they have a pretty good run game. But what do you think of the bearded one, the quarterback Fitzpatrick? He's just a guy that stuck around. It seems like he's been around since the '90s. He hasn't. He's and he just comes in and blows up. Yeah. Like right now, he's playing top five quarterback. I want him in fantasy. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, he's fantasy. putting points. Oh, my he's God. He's just a gamer. I like that guy, you know. He's just one of those guys that if you play him a full season, he's going to have five or six games where the last thing you're expecting is three or 400 yards from him and four touchdowns, and he does it. Yeah. He does it. But you can only go so far with him. That's been his track record his whole career. I always have still said from day one, I want to see Tua in the game. Tua Tagovola, yeah, or however yeah. you say his name. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. That kid, first of all, in the NFL now to be a quarterback, you have to be able to run. You can't even – obviously, Fitzpatrick is showing you he can still run it. Yeah. And Tom Brady, the first touchdown of the year, he ran it in. But you have got to be able to run as a quarterback. And I'm going to tell you a prime example of who's not doing a good job, which he's, he ran a couple times, is Joe Burrow. He's not used to running. He's in the pocket all the time. And that's why we got to him, I think, seven times we sacked them seven times but also not a good lineman not good lineman so yeah they're they're their offensive lines up there with ours as the worst in football yeah and that's what burrow is playing behind and that's your franchise yeah. they better be real careful if he takes too many hits and he's not a guy that's going to run a whole lot yeah. you know if it breaks down and he has a lane 
He can, he's like a Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He's got a little bit of athletic ability, but he makes his living throwing in the pocket. And if you have an offensive line against a defense like the Ravens, that's going to be a bad day. Did you watch the game on Tuesday, the Bills and the Titans? Yeah, I did. I did. I was – I really thought the Bills were going to win it. I thought – right. I said Bills are going to take it no matter what. Titans come in and they – Keep on. They keep the undefeated streak. I've seen the Bills a couple times this season, but the Titans have uh, obviously they've been off a lot. Yeah, because of the COVID situation. If I had to say right now, all around, I would say the Titans look like maybe the third best team in the AFC. When you have a running game like they do, Tannehill, who I've always liked, yeah. you know, he was out in Miami in a situation where it was a no-win situation, but he's athletic and he's a very smart quarterback, decent arm. They have Henry. They got a damn good defense. That team is built for playoff football. Oh yeah, you know the Bills are good. Too. They're, they're, they'll come back. Yeah, they'll come back. I don't know if they're going to be able to unseat New England. I think when Cam Newton comes back, that's going to be tough. But Buffalo, I think, will be there in the end. But it showed you, you Josh Allen again. He's he's another talented quarterback. Oh, very good. There are ways to get him. You know, if, if you get pressure on him, he'll throw the ball up. But he's still young. We'll move on to football after one more thing. Do you? So I was watching all the quarterbacks in the league that are getting older. You got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins is getting up there, and there was one more. We well, have Stafford and Stafford, Matthew Stafford. Yep. Out of all those, and I already may know the answer. Who do you think? is the best quarterback right now. And I don't mean with rings. I mean just this season, statistically, who do you feel could probably go all the way? I would, right now it has to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's kind of back to form. Yeah. Uh, and his his team is back to form. That's more important. Yeah. I would say the Packers have as good a shot as anybody to get to the Super Bowl right now. They're playing at that high of a level. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sold on the Buccaneers yet. Tom Brady is already making them better than they were with Jameis Winston, even though he had a terrible first game. Um, you get him in the playoffs, anything can happen. But I, I think that you can get to Tom Brady even more than you used to yeah. if you have a decent pass rush. He's so immobile. Uh, so I would say Aaron Rodgers. I think that the, the interesting thing is going to see what happens to Matthew Stafford after this season. Matt Patricia is a horrible coach, so he might not even make it through week eight. And Stafford may have a chance to go to another team and finally have a shot at the playoffs, a shot at the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's that talented. I like Drew Brees. I, I don't know why, but I, I have just – even when he has beat the Ravens, I've always said he's he's a very underrated quarterback. I mean, he knows how to get out of – you know, when they're crashing down on the right and left side, he can just, yep, I'll move out, throws it, bang. Now, he lost Michael Thomas – Last week and the week before, I think, because of interaction with him and another teammate. But when you get him on the field, the O-line is pretty decent. Defense is pretty decent, too. But I'm telling you, Drew Brees, man, he's going to get one more ring before he retires or anything. I can see I mean, it. Drew Brees, to me, is a top-five quarterback ever. Yeah. And his stats prove it. Isn't yeah. he the all-time leader in yardage? Or, or he's going back and forth anyway. Yeah, passing yards, yeah. Um. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, Drew Brees is phenomenal. I mean, there's no... And you know what? He got more out of his career. He came in with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. 
And he's only maybe six foot. Never had the big arm. He came out of Purdue. And he started under Marty Schottenheimer with the Chargers. And he was solid. But I never, ever in my wildest dreams would have ever thought he would have the career he did. Yeah. And I think he got a marriage with the perfect coach and Sean Payton, who understands his strengths. Yeah. And they're just a, a, a franchise that has been rock solid for 15, 20 years. And they don't make stupid decisions, and they surround him with talent. And he's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks ever. Like you said, he's never he's not a great runner, but in his early his career, he was, you know, good on the run. Yeah. But he knows when to get away from pressure. Yeah. I'm gonna stop this. I'm just making sure we still have something, and then I'll start up another one. So we will be right back. <laughs> 